Okay. All right. Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> you should have a handout at your table if you don't have that already. And we're right on time. 9.55. Okay. Who can I pick on this morning? Who wants to read? You want, can I get a volunteer? Or we're going to make Matt Barrett do it again. Jack, you're the man. Go for it. So we're going Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 through uh, 16. If you want to stand for me, sir, and project. Amen. Thank you, Jack. Um, okay, so to fulfill my contractual obligation to get through the entire text, I'm not going to bury the headline. I'm not going to bury the leads. If you look at your sheet, there are three bolded titles, um, and you can, you'll know the answers if you know those three things. This, this passage is about the goal of God's gifts to the church, and there's, there's three things I need you to understand uh, in order for us to have a successful Sunday school lesson this morning. We need to identify who's the giver of the gifts, and we're going to start and, and end with that coincidentally, or, or not coincidentally, because we're dealing with God's Word, which is, um, which is planned to the T. Uh, the gifts themselves, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, we're going to stick to that. By the way, this is kind of Bible trivia, kind of also a very important thing to know. Um, there's a couple of other key texts in the New Testament that are gifts lists or, or directly about gifts. Does anybody know those? They're kind of easy to remember if you, if you know the number. Chapter 12. Romans is the other one. Romans 12. So two 12s. So 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. We don't usually do Bible trivia, and it's not trivia. It's very it's important to know where the list of gifts are. This is the other one, by the way. This is the, the third one, uh, is Ephesians chapter 4. Um, but this, this list is very specific. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. So we need to get those gifts and how critical they are to the church, and they are... The goal of the gifts is for the growing up of the church, for the unity of the church, unity of faith, knowledge of the Son of God, um, and, and finally uh, growing up into maturity in the church. So I've, I've given you a whole lesson. Now let's go back and teach it. All right. 
So if Ephesians 4, and we're going to start in verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Okay, so when you receive Christ, we all have received the gift of grace. The gift of grace is, if you're looking for, when we talk about gifts, we often think about miraculous, supernatural things. If you're looking for the supernatural, miraculous, this is, this is where you look this morning. The gift of grace. Um, and he, why do I say that? If you just look on the previous page in the book of Ephesians, there's, a, there's resurrection of the dead. This is the gift of grace. Ephesians 2, 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin. But God, verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. This is the gift that is lavished uh, immeasurably to the measure of Christ. How, how, how great is the measure of Christ's gift? How, how great, what's greater than the rescue of the perishing, the pardon of the condemned, and the resurrection of the dead? Is there a greater gift? No, there is not. And we, we all who have received Christ have received that gift. Amen? Thank you. Yeah. Blake's, Blake's with me so far this morning, so I'm, I know I'm all right. I know I'm all right. Okay. So kind of to th that would be awesome if, if that's all there was. Wow, that's incredible. Um, back in the early 2000s, I remember there was a guy named Steve Jobs. He was like a CEO for Apple. If you're an Apple fan boy or whatever, you know who this is. Um, innovator, showman, businessman, uh, just kind of a, a unique guy. And Apple used to host these conferences. I think they had one this week. Um, but what they do at these conferences is they get all the tech reporters, they get all the um, Apple fanboys, they get all the Apple employees, and they're laying out, hey, all right, here's what we've come up with. Here's this VR or whatever service or, or technology they've come up with. And Jobs would get up there, and it almost became kind of a joke, but everybody's waiting for, for, this, uh, for this phrase. But there's one more thing. Just when they thought there, there was nothing else that, 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 that they could have come up with, this, the next level of innovation, the next level that is going to change our lives, the iPhone. Wait, there's one more thing. And that's, that's the kind of moment we're having right now. There's... If, if it was just the grace of God, that would have been amazing, saving us from our sin and our dead sin nature. But there is more. And therefore it says in verse 8, When he ascended on high, he led, a captive, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. So we're identifying the gifts with the one who gave us grace, with the one who uh, led captive a host of captives. What does that mean? I don't, I don't really want to get hung up on this, this because I want to get into, um, into the gifts themselves. Um, but Colossians 2.15, uh, I'm just going to read it so you don't have to go right there because I want to keep us moving. Uh, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he put... He made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. 
So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the, the, the life and ministry of Christ Jesus. When he put to shame the demonic powers, the enemies of God on this earth, he put them to open shame, he embarrassed them, he routed them, and, and our text this morning indicates that when he had done that, he led a captive, a host of captives, he led a triumphal parade behind him. Look at these foul fellows that are following Christ, these losers. Uh, he, he embarrassed them, put them to open shame, okay, when he ascended on high. So who has ascended? And I've identified some passages there for you. If you're wondering who is the one who ascended, who's the one that descended, you can go back to, you can go to verse 8, uh, Hebrews 12, 2, Acts First chapter of Acts 9 through 11, Christ is the one who has ascended, led those hosts of captives, but not only did he defeat the enemies of God, but he's lavishing gifts on his people. So we can clearly identify these gifts with the work of, of Jesus Christ. So let's, let's keep moving into verse 9. And uh, now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all things in heaven so that he might fill all things. Look at God's intentionality in, in setting all this up, giving us the gifts of grace, defeating his enemies, and telling us what exactly what he was going to do hundreds and hundreds of years before the incarnation of Christ. The, the little uh, pericope in verse 8, uh, when he ascended on high, he led, host of, uh, led captive a host of captives. That was written hundreds and hundreds of years before the incarnation of Christ. God was extremely intentional. This was all the plan from the beginning. There was, there was never a question, okay? There was never a question about the outcome. We know who wins in the end, and we, we know who's the giver of the gifts because it, it's telling us. And there's an important reason, and I, I'm going to save that. I did bury the lead a little bit for the end there. Uh, but he's the giver of every good and perfect gift. The one who ascended is the one who descended. The one who left heaven, okay, that's Christ, left heaven, became incarnate, uh, became a little baby in a manger, lived a, a horrible, you know, lowly existence as a, as a peasant in Palestine and Israel, um, died, was put in the grave, went into the lower parts of the earth, resurrected, ascended to heaven, um, embarrassed and and routed the enemies of God. This is the, the one who gives the gifts. This is the one who's given his gifts to his own, the church. And God is extremely intentional in his work. And I'll say no more on that subject. But this is the moment that we didn't expect. This is the moment, the, the Steve Jobs, the but one more thing. This is the but one more thing. Here we go. And to some, he gave some, uh, he gave as apostles, verse 11, some he gave as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. So we've got five gifts that we really, I, I just want to do a brief survey of them. I mean, these all deserve a lesson uh, in and of themselves, um, and, and to understand what they, what they are. Um, but this is the moment, you know, 
if it was just grace, if it was just the, the future hope of inheritance, the election, the adoption, being sealed by the Holy Spirit, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But there's not just one more thing. There's a, a whole lot more that God has lavished on his church. So let's just do real quick, apostles and prophets. Paul, he opened the book. I'm an apostle. Paul, an apostle of Christ. He's telling us that, but I want, want you to see himself. He I want you to see Paul identify himself a little bit more with, with the apostles and prophets. So if you just look at the previous chapter, uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, um, referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of man, as it has been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. Paul has identified himself with, with this category of apostles and prophets. So we're looking at a category here that the church today benefits from, okay? But at a, a category that really closed out in the context of, of Ephesians, closed out in the first century, apostles and prophets, these two gifts. So if we see somebody kind of claiming, especially that apostolic ministry today we know that is stolen title that is not legitimate um, this is this is these men were eyewitnesses to Christ Paul is identify identifying himself with that um, with that group of folks uh, they were eyewitnesses to Christ these are the ones who were commissioned by Christ to be his witnesses to Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth these were the witnesses of Christ um, so you might say that all apostles are prophets, maybe not necessarily all prophets are, are apostles, and, and Ron, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, you, you, you might have some insight there, but, um, but, but these, these men were in, given the responsibility of preserving doctrine, of uh, per, establishing the church, of being witnesses of heralds of the gospel in the first century and uh, that that role has has closed out but today we I, we benefit from the gift of apostles and prophets how do we do that keith thank you yes it, that's exactly right you're looking at it. So we're looking at it. So if you look at Ephesians 2.20, having been built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself, the cornerstone, they gave us this word right here. Uh, and this is where we benefit from uh, the, the ministry and the work of the apostles and prophets, the gift of Christ Jesus to his church. You're looking for an apostle or prophet? Look no further. You have it in front of you. Um, so, moving on to gifts that, that are still part of our everyday practice today, or folks who would still have that, um, evangelists. Um, there was a man named Philip in Acts. We studied him not too long ago, uh, specifically named as an evangelist. He went into Samaria, and he began to proclaim Christ. So as I was thinking this week, you know, it's easy to identify the, the teachers and the shepherds those are folks that are out in front of us a lot of times. I was thinking, who in my 
circle, who's an evangelist? Who is in our friend group? And I was like, well, there's one guy that's telling me all the time about conversations he's having at the gym or at the coffee shop or wherever. And, uh, and I was you know, making that mental note. I'm like, well, I'm going to talk about Sean. And, uh, and then yesterday morning, Sean, you want to share kind of just a, a brief two minutes? You got two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you want to stand up? <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's not true. Uh, so, just briefly, um, in this case, I got to share a little with two people this week, uh, both out of the gym. Um, and the first one, uh, a gentleman busted into the sauna and started uh, just making a lot of corruption and noise and yelling out that he was El Shaddai and that he was you could call him Lord and he was in there to talk to a particular person that he was friends with I guess and it was a black uh, basically it was about being a black, a black Hebrew nationalist um, for those that don't know it's become pretty popular um, on Facebook and TikTok and different places um, and it's the idea that uh, it's a black Jesus because of where he was in Egypt and I basically just said you know there's one Yahweh there's one God and you're not it <laughs> and you're not that guy. He just stops in his tracks, and I was like, "And I can show you." I said, "I can pull this up my Bible app. We can go through it together." And there's about 14 people in this sauna, and um, he he just looked at me and he goes, "No, I'm good." And he turned around and walked out. <laughs> so his buddy looks at me and says, uh, "Well, that's your religion." And he was like, "So what color is Jesus?" And I said, "Well, I know the life, death, and resurrection and ministry of Christ. He didn't care about the melanin in his skin. Mm -hmm. It was most likely olive." complexion because he was Jewish. So he was born in Bethlehem. And we can go through all of that if you'd like. Um, we can go to Matthew 1.1 and we can look at where he was the line of Judah. And he was like, he goes, do you even read your Bible? And I said, so I said, do you? And he says, yeah, I like Deuteronomy. And I said, so Deuteronomy 32, what was Moses talking about? And he said, well, he was talking to the, uh, the Egyptians, the, the Israelites. And I said, what well, he said to them, takes your heart all the words with which I'm warning you today. You should command your sons to observe carefully all the words of this law. It is not an idle word for you, indeed it is your life, and by this word you'll prolong your days in the land. I said, but he also used Paul in Acts 2 to speak to people of all different uh, dialects. And he said that I, the, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of, of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And I said, so what color were the Greeks? And he said, well, I don't know. I said, well, did Jesus die for them? And he said, well, I guess he did. And so the guy beside me, it was probably, I don't know, four black guys. It was two Hispanic guys and like four white guys. And the guy beside me to my right was a black guy that looked at him and he just said, well. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he said, you might want to stop now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got up to leave and I said, brother, if you are in Christ, then you'll see him face to face one day and I'll be right there with you. But you have to believe the truth of the gospel and what you have right now is not the truth. So as I'm leaving, he goes, wait, 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 I want to ask you one more question. And I said, well, you can follow me outside. And he did. I ran into him, because I know I'm taking you time. Yep. I ran into him yesterday morning. He was brushing his teeth. Never seen this guy before in my life, and he was there Friday. This was yesterday, uh, two days ago. And he said, hey, you invited me outside. And he said, and I said, I did. He goes, what do you want to talk to me about? And I said, you had a question, but you didn't ask it. And he was like, okay. He said, well, I just want to tell you I think you're awesome. And I was like, okay. 
what's your name? I said, I'm Sean. He says, my name's Sean, too. And I was like, okay. And, uh, and, he, and he said, Sean, you have a blessed day. And I said, you do the same. We'll talk again soon. And yeah, that's it. Amen. Amen. So all, we, should, we ought to all be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. And, and we're in that that's right. You got that? You got that? Yeah. Because that was what was going through my head yeah. when we were talking about this. Yeah. It says, if you're asked, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yes. Yet with gentleness and reverence. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes. So. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready to exercise that gift? Have you even tried? By the way, you don't just um, you don't just become a great gifted person uh, by by not exercising your gift. You got to get it out of the box. All right, put the batteries in it, and you know, get get going. Right. Um, Sean didn't become an evangelist by not sharing his faith. We got we got to be bold. We got to get out of our comfort zone. Yes, yes, that, that's the batteries, yes, got to put the, put, put the work in. Evangelists, so we ought to all be ready, but there are, there are those of us who are specifically gifted to be heralds of Christ and to uh, call out nonsense when we hear it as well. All right, <clears throat> moving on, pastors and shepherds, and uh, check my time here, okay, so pastors and shepherds, I... So the seminal text on, on shepherding in all of Scripture would be the 23rd Psalm. Um, we're not going to go and read all of that. I would, I would in, encourage you to read that and go in and make a list of all the things uh, that, that the shepherd does for, uh, for the sheep. So think of that, that passage. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and so forth. Um, but think of relational to relational to the sheep. Yes, yes. So this is what the shepherd does for the sheep. He provides for the sheep. He guides the sheep to security. He refreshes the sheep. He directs the paths of the sheep. Um, he protects and disciplines. He cares for the sheep and provides for them in peril. He blesses the sheep, and he dwells with the sheep. Amen. Jesus says, "Yeah, provides healing and anoints my head with oil." Right. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of, of that scripture. How do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me so. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd takes it one step further. I don't just live with you. I don't just protect you. I don't just provide food for you and guide you in security. I lay down my life. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Okay? Um, and then Jesus passed along this, this uh, role to faithful men. In John 21, Peter, he, Jesus tells Peter, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. And then he tells him again, feed my sheep. Jesus passed this role along to faithful men. And Paul tells us this is a gift to the church. Think of the tremendous um, task that those who are in the shepherding role, that's pastor, I'm using those two words interchangeably, um, 
depending on what version you have, it's going to say pastor or shepherd. Uh, it's a tremendous call that our pastors have, and it's not to be taken lightly. And they don't either. They don't get up and just become a great pastor and shepherd one morning. They have to exercise that gift. They have to be in the context of the church and affirming, affirmed in that gift, and we ought to pray for them. Amen. Okay, we ought to pray for those in whom the Lord has placed us in their charge. Finally, teachers, we are tremendously blessed. I didn't have to search far or long to, to think of an example of great teachers. If you've been to this class, today being the exception, you've seen some examples of great teachers. Last week, uh, Matt Barrett did an incredible job uh, setting us up for today. Uh, each week, we're blessed to have Dr. Boyd coming up here and elucidating the scriptures, the great teachers Will, will get into the mind of the author and they will help you understand the mind of the author, not their opinion, persuasion, or philosophy, but the mind of the author and the author of Scripture is, is our Lord. Um, so we have great examples and, and tremendous blessing uh, of teachers. And again, this is in the context of the local church. We're also blessed with like all kinds of resources today, books, podcasts, YouTube video, we can find all kinds of teachers, but this is in the context. You really want to grow. You really want to be built up into maturity. Get in the local church in a, in a Bible teaching and preaching church, and you're, in, in, you're there. Okay, you don't need to go look elsewhere, but just as you, as you continue to go uh, throughout your life, that, that's how you'll grow. Um, why these gifts? All right, so... We've we got to keep moving. Uh, we've, got the, we've got the gift. We've got the giver. We're identifying the one who gave us grace, the one who ransomed us, elected us, adopted us, sealed us with the Holy Spirit. We've got the giver. That's Christ. We've got now, we understand the gifts. Okay, in this context, the, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, shepherds, and teachers. So we've got the giver. We've got the gifts. And now... We want to move on to the goal of the gifts as we uh, get into the back third here. So, so why, why these gifts? So I, I, as I read this, to me, I'm thinking of when I'm coaching folks at work, we have this thing called SMART goals. Has anybody ever heard of SMART goals? Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. I would submit that we have a SMART goal right here for the church of how we're going to grow up into maturity and uh, and and I want you to keep that specific measurable achievable relevant time bound in your mind as we as we get into the next couple of verses here or into the remainder of the verses in fact okay so I'll start back at verse 11. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. For the equipping of the church. These gifts are used in the context of the church. They're not for building our own empires, uh, for building... You know, I love to see a full Sunday school class. I think that's awesome. But it's not about getting more, more butts in the seats. Uh, it's not about more head count. It's not about bigger tithe dollars. Yeah, I'm sorry to say, but that is a good indicator. But it helps. It's a good indicator of maturity, okay? Like the yes, the light. We like the lights. We like the food. 
Yeah, the heat, yes, especially this morning. So that it has, yeah, I'll keep moving. <laughs> but uh, so so maybe it is. Maybe I should rewrite that part. Um, so the the gifts are not for building up personal acclaim, but they're for the equipping, or I love the King James Version, the perfecting of Christ's bride, Christ's body, the church, uh, for service. Service to what end? Service for of building up the body of Christ. This is this is again this is qualitative. That's what I'm trying to say. This is about the qualitative, not the quantitative uh, building up of the body, not amassing more stuff and and personal fiefdoms. Um, <clears throat> and and I thank you for those of us who count our people every Sunday. That that is that is. We, we miss you when you're not here, and we miss it when we're not here, right? Um, but, but I do want to say this is, this is the qualitative building up. Um, how do we know? How do we know this qualitative? All right, so let's, let's go to verse 13. Go to verse 13 with me. Until, there's our time-bound word, right? Until, that's, uh, we're, we're thinking about time. How long are we going to be doing this? Until, until what? until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So three things I, I need you to, to see there, three metrics of maturity, okay, very specific and measurable and relevant to the church, specific, the unity of faith, Okay, that's the first one. Second one, the knowledge of the Son of God. Third, mature adulthood. Okay, the, I gave you the answers. It's on the sheet. So you, you can listen. You don't need to take notes. A unity of faith. The unity in the spirit of, and the bond of peace. Matt unpacked that for us last week. Doctrinal unity. Uh, verse four, or Chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Again, Matt unpacked that for us. The church's is united around these doctrines. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Uh, This is what we are united around in our belief, in our faith, these doctrines. Second, the the knowledge of the Son of God. And i got to plug one of my favorite verses, um, 1 Peter 1, 3. 1 Peter 1, 3. Do you want to know how to live a life pleasing to God? This is it seeing that his divine power has granted us everything, that's like pretty all-encompassing, that's everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. And who is that? Whose knowledge are we we, uh, to gain the true knowledge of? Christ. Christ. Amen. Thank you. You want to know how to live a life pleasing to God? You need to know Jesus. And you need to get to know Jesus. And you need to continue to build a relationship with Jesus. That's the only way. That's exactly right. So these gifts are about building up unity and knowledge of the Son of God. Into what? For what purpose? Into mature adulthood. Now, I got a lot of kids, okay? And they are, I love them. um, And I love, I love their friends, okay? Uh, But, but they, Kids are affected by every little thing. Like everything uh, affects them. Even the ones that are just like chill, go with the flow, they're affected by everything. 
and that is what we're being warned against. We want to. We don't want to be. Um, we want to have a childlike faith. That's imperative, okay? We, we want to trust God implicitly, but we don't want to remain childish in our responses and understanding. There, if, if, I can, if I can press on you anything this morning, it's this. There are prevailing winds all about us that want to uh, unmoor you from the foundation that has been laid for you in God's word. There is nothing neutral. You're not receiving a neutral message anytime you uh, you open up your phone, you have a conversation. There's nothing neutral out there, folks. Uh, it's either driving us into the arms of God. It's either for Him for and and for His word, or it is in opposition to Him and His word. And this, these gifts hold us firm to the foundation. They're to, to keep us moored and anchored to that foundation so that we're not like kids who every, every little thing that comes along, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm sleepy. No, we grow up into the full maturity like men who can stay up all night and, and do the work and focus and not be not 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 be sidetracked by their hunger and their weariness and they're worn out, but their eyes are fixed on the prize. Our eyes are are focused on on Christ Jesus, who for the joy set before Him ran the race, um, the, and and endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And and that that is that is ultimately where we're going uh, with these gifts. They are all. They're not for our personal um, acclaim, but they are for uh, anchoring of the church into maturity. <clears throat> and that was kind of free, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so where are we? We're, we're in verse 14, and, uh, and we're out of time. So... I, I want to circle back just real quick. Let, let's, let's, I know musicians are leaving. Thank you for, for your service. Um, as a result, we are no longer children tossed to and fro by the, by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head even Christ, the giver of the gifts, were to grow up into him from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself. This is where we circle back to the giver of the gifts. Okay, all of this is from Christ. All of these gifts are from Christ and we must rely on him. Let me close with an illustration. So everybody's got one of these in their pocket this morning. Uh, it's full of something called microchips. Everybody knows what microchips are. Um, I don't know how many are in, in your phone, but I did Google. And depending on what car you drove here in this morning, you have about 1,500 to 3,000 of those microchips in your car. Okay. So microchips, pretty important, right? And they come from a very specific place on the globe. Anybody have it? China, Taiwan, you got it right here. You, my man's on it. So you, you know where I'm going with this. So 60% come from Taiwan. 
China's another one in there, but 60% come from Taiwan. And 90% of the, the really high-end ones that we need for you know, high-tech manufacturing, uh, MRI machines, you know, the stuff that like we all depend on and we don't think about every day depends on 90% coming from Taiwan. Now, I don't know if you read the Taiwanese newspapers, but they've had an election this year, and they have three parties, and, you know, it's hard enough to get two parties in our country to agree on anything, but in their country, all three parties agree on one thing. Do you know what it is? We don't want to be a part of China. China. Don't want to be a part of China, because we have this big, beautiful great industry called microchips and we're the world supply of microchips and we don't want that um, being cut off and do you know who agrees with that the United States agrees with that because we like their microchips yep. too and we don't want our enemy to have control of that um, if if China were to gain control we could be very quickly in a very precarious uh, economic situation for stuff that we rely on and we don't think about one bit. Why am I telling you this? What, what's the importance of it? Come on, May, we'll be all right with, with China. But we have the gifts of God and we, we, are, we ought to be solely reliant on this. Dr. Boyd gave me a phrase uh, in Latin called sine qua non. Without this, nothing. Without these gifts, Without Christ, the giver of the gifts, we, we have nothing. We cannot pragmatically rely on our own understanding and strength, but we must trust the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding, and in all our ways acknowledge him, and he will make our paths straight. Amen. Christ said, I am the vine, I'm the true vine, you are the branches, without me you can do nothing. Right? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the, the, the tremendous gifts that you have lavished on us, your grace, your mercy, election, adoption, redemption. Uh, Lord, we can go on and on and revel in the gifts that you have bestowed on us. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you give us a hope for the future, but you give, us, uh, you give us equipping for today. Thank you that you dwell with us, that you, um, that you lay down your life for us. Uh, you are the good shepherd, and, and Lord, we pray for those who are in charge of, of us, Lord, our shepherds. Uh, pray a special blessing for them as they serve us, and uh, Lord, would they hold fast to your word and to your gospel. Um, Lord, help us to embrace the gifts, to rely on you, to exercise the gifts. Um, men and women, uh, especially who, who the, the, the women who will teach the young women and the children, uh, Lord, who have such a, proprietary, a, a primary role in that, Lord, I pray a special blessing on them. For the men who open the word in our Sunday school classes on Wednesday night and in the pulpit, Lord, I pray a special blessing on them. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for your gifts. It's in Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You want this outline? <laughs> oh, you can have my notes. You want me to sign? You want me to sign this? Yeah. Hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs>